Welcome to this week's episode of the Sullivan and Son Sports Podcast. I'm Seamus Sullivan. And I'm Mark Sullivan. I know you saw this, the Olympic, the Russian Olympic ban for a bunch of different reasons. Right, mostly because they were completely dirty at the 2014 Sochi Winter Olympics. It's it's crazy because it's something, it's something out of a movie. I've been reading, I've been following this storyline for a while and... It's like they'd have KGB agents like break into the testing centers and swap out samples for athletes. Yeah, and they had been found to be doing that even at the Summer Olympics in Rio. They almost got banned from the Rio Games, mm-hmm. completely uh, avoided, managed to avoid that, and now they're completely banned from the winter. I was actually I was surprised by that. I did not expect them to take this strong of a an approach to it. So it must have been just completely, which is what the findings indicate, that it was not just some sort of isolated incident, but it was something that's endemic to their entire program in terms of cheating and, and doping I like and about, covering it up and everything else. I like about it is because it seems like it was mostly the government and who knows how much the athletes were involved and knew about if they're getting illegal supplements or were cheating or knew their samples were being switched out, but they can still compete if they're clean. They just will be, uh, they'll be called like Olympic athletes of Russia and they'll, they'll compete under the Olympic flag. So I thought that was really cool. Yeah, it is a a fascinating option for them. Uh, it certainly, you know, you're not going to see the Russian flag. You're not going to hear the Russian anthem at all. Good. <laughs> uh, and you know it creates a, I think a lot of dilemmas for s- specific athletes in specific sports where the Russians have have reigned for a long time. You think about figure skating; they're they've been the, the one I saw a lot was uh, it's like the cross country skiing. The biathletes is that what it is? Yeah, where they where, shoot and, and yeah, ski. yeah, yeah. That, the biathletes. I think they even took one of the way. One of the medals from the biathletes from the 2014. They've taken a number of medals away, but one of Because they just the crushed them. They, yeah. like, dis- like uh, if you go back to Sochi, the Russian men and women just destroyed the field, like, completely obliterated their times. And it's because they had, I think, if I remember correctly, because I read this, what is it, three years ago now, I'm trying to recall. It was something along what Lance Armstrong was doing. How okay. he had that like extra oxygenated blood, right? What is it like the urethrine or whatever sort of? I can't name all the drugs, but they <laughs> blood they basically, doping, basically, yeah, they yeah. take their own blood and they boost it up and give mm-hmm. it back to themselves. Yeah, so they they had like ultra stamina. So that was because it was it was cool. The New York Times did a a little infographic on it, and I don't know how they came up with it so quickly because it was basically the news broke hey, Russia's being banned, yada, yada, yada. And then, like, hours later, the New York Times had this little piece about if we went back and stripped all the medals from Russia from the last Winter Games in Sochi. So if Russia lost all their medals from Sochi and redistributed them, and, you know, the U.S. got a few more, and China, South Korea, some Slovakia. It was a cool little breakdown of... Who would have gotten medals? So no one would have been like overwhelming. Like I would have think Canadian, the Canadians or something would have been. No, it was pretty well spread out because it, the, the article talks about the Russians aren't super good at like alpine stuff or snowboarding stuff. It's really the cross country skiing and like you were saying, figure skating, and then a handful of other medals and random junk. So it was like, <laughs> I think the most 
What? <laughs> Random jungle. <laughs> I mean, sometimes you watch these Olympics and it's like really like air pistol and trampoline. I mean, I get it. They're, what they're yeah. doing is really difficult. But anyways. I think air pistol has been around. I don't know if they had any trampoline stuff, especially in the winter. But yeah. Well, yeah. I'm. That's the summer games I'm talking about. The summer games, I always find something ridiculous like canoeing, 100 meter canoe or something. I don't know. Yeah. But the Winter Olympics seems like less ridiculous stuff. But they they mostly win like that those biathletes, like you were saying, and they win a lot of um, figure skating stuff, and I think maybe a little bit of speed skating. So it was it was actually pretty even. I think the most was like China or somebody got like they gained seven medals. Mm. The U.S. gained like five, I think. Okay. So yeah. Well, it, it, interesting it, breakdown. It's, there is a lot of impact to this, and I don't know how the decisions will come out, but. I don't know if you've read that the KFL actually, the NHL is not taking a break for the mm-hmm. Olympics this time around. They said, forget it, we're not messing with this. And But the KHL had planned to take a break, and now they're, I don't know what they're going to do. Yeah, it'll be um, interesting because if you don't know what it is, it's Continental Hockey League with a K. It's the Russian Hockey League. It's basically the second best league in the world right. behind the NHL. And so you're you're referencing the fact that they won't have a break now, and they might even well, prevent had, their athletes from going. Right, and I know that they had – I don't know if they made a this final decision on it. I know that they had said that if the Russians are banned from the Olympics, that they will not take this break. They'll just continue to play, which puts other teams uh, – actually, other yeah. other, other federations, mm-hmm. international federation teams in a, in a conundrum because – the KHL doesn't have just Russian players. It has right. U.S. players. It has U.S., German, all these other um, countries, which were expecting because of the planned break to use these athletes on their Olympic teams. And if they don't have the break, they don't have these athletes to be on their teams. I will say that. Which I could say that that's probably what the Russians are thinking. Well, you know what? We can't win. Well, you can't use these athletes well, either. The thing is, well, yeah, I guess they wouldn't win as true Mother Russia or whatever. Right. They would win as Olympic athletes from Russia and win. Well, I don't know even. I think it's up in the air whether they can compete as a as a in the team sports. No, I think I think they can. Okay, but it would be if they won, it would be under the Olympic flag, and it would be under this this little special OAR Olympic athletes from Russia thing, which. I mean, I guess in a hundred years, it might confuse people. But if I was Russia, I'd be like, "Yeah." I mean, people are still going to know these are Russian athletes. But I I get the whole thing of they they want to boycott. It goes back to the the Cold War sort of boycotting. There's no no national pride, you know. That I'd still be. Let's say the United States got you know banned as a whole. I'd still like he's an American still. It'd still be cool to see them. True. True. But. I maybe in Russia terms of operates. racking up medals and putting the tally marks on yeah, your yeah, true. wall in uh, exactly. Leningrad, or uh, sorry, <laughs> Moscow. <laughs> <laughs> so it will be, I will say, going back to the, the hockey thing, I will be really interested to see, some people are complaining because all oh, the star power is not there, but I, I will actually still be entertained by what whoever ends up, you know, there's no NHL players. And then if there's no KHL well, players... To this point, have we... you? I think we've talked about it, if not on the podcast, in person about the fact that, like Ovechkin said, he was planning on playing. He was just going to miss games. I don't know where he stands on it now. I haven't heard anything if he's changed his mind. I'm sure the fact that if they can't compete as a Russian team, I'm sure he's not going to skip now because the whole point was to 
play for Russia. Right. And so I, I don't think he'd forfeit millions of dollars to, or I don't even know if it'd be that much, but to go play for, who knows? I don't know. I'm not inside his head, but I would say it's less less so than, and, and the fact that I haven't heard anything about him continuing to say, yeah, I'm going to the Olympics. Yeah, I'm going to the Olympics. Makes me think he'll probably just, that and the fact that the Capitals are actually barely hanging on to a wild card spot. So oh. more important, I think, to him is probably finally getting that Stanley Cup. Well, you can't do that if you leave your team and then they get kicked out of the playoffs. You know, they lose some traction in the playoff run. So, all right. Well, I'm pulling it up right as we're speaking. It says that the Capitals, Ovechkin said Russians should still participate in the Olympics. Uh, he would support Russian athletes participating in the upcoming Winter Olympics in South Korea. Uh, so, you know, he doesn't. I'm trying to see here. Uh, Ovechkin and other Russian NHL players were already ruled out for the Olympics, but it doesn't say. He says. Oh, he says he's pretty sure the Russian hockey team will still compete in the Olympics, even though they'll have to do so as a neutral team. So, and he agrees with that decision. Uh, so it sounds like they will field a team and that will be, you know, made up of mostly clean Russian players. <laughs> <laughs> well, and let's say if they do ban the KHL, it's, it's, it's going to be really bare bones. Like, the U.S. is going to end up sending some college guys, which will be cool. It'll be, you know, back like 1980, all these guys, you know, from Boston and Minnesota. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, and then I don't know who the Russians would send. It would have to be guys that aren't playing in the NHL or in Russia, which would be most of their players. So they'd have to either play, you know, amateurs or guys that are in the Swiss League or, you know, the the well, Swedish leagues or and, some league where they're not playing at that time or, you know, or college players here in the U S or something like that. Yeah, I, I guess that, some Russian college players. I don't know any, so yeah. but it'll, it'll be interesting. I'm still going to watch it. I think it'll be a really fun brand of hockey. It's why I'm, I, I love watching high school hockey. Cause it's, there's as much as I love the NHL, it can get very, uh, routine or you know system systems yeah, oriented they're, they're all so good and they're all so disciplined that you don't see a whole lot of two-on-ones or just crazy you know a guy going through the whole team you don't see that a lot you do see right. it but you see it a lot at lower levels of play because there is that gap in skill level just between teams and individual players but i will look forward to the olympics on the whole hopefully we the the americans rack up a bunch of medals and really uh Rub the Russian noses in it, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Playing as clean athletes, so, yeah. or or ones that aren't like you know systematically using the country to <laughs> dope all their athletes. That was that because we obviously have had athletes who've been have been found cheated, oh, cheated yeah. and we used have doping. A lot. None at the Olympics, though, right? Yeah, right. <laughs> Anyways, you know what I'm happy about? This I'm super excited for this week. I was right. I think you might have been right, too. I can't remember where your consensus was. Ben McAdoo fired. I oh, called yeah. it. I called it right away when he said, oh, we're going to start Geno Smith. I said, he's going to get fired. What happens? Monday after Sunday, he's fired. And, right. and Jerry and that, Reese. I didn't even think. I'm, I think I, I'll have to roll back the tape. But I think I said Jerry Reese would get fired, too. And he's gone, too, the GM. And, what uh, again, fascinating is the owner changed his mind he said he wouldn't fire the, the coach <laughs> during the season 
But he went when he makes such stupid decisions as to bench the. And again, I'm not saying. Would you say that, Eli Manning's a Hall of Famer? I don't know if he's a Hall of Famer. He, you know, he's on the what, cusp at least, right? One of the stats though is that he's been the 22nd ranked quarterback the last two years. Uh, so clearly, you know, he's not been uh, the best quarterback, but by QBR or passer rating or what was that? Rank? I think it's. Uh, I, I don't remember what the rating was. I just did. Okay. Read somewhere that he was twenty second ranked quarterback, or saw it on a, a stat on a on the television. Anyway, the point is that he, sure you didn't hear it on the radio. Yeah, tune into that AM dial. No AM dial. No, it was not on. It was not on NPR. All right, sorry, go ahead. <laughs> they don't cover a lot of sports there. Uh, the uh, the the point being is that Manning was struggling, but granted, he I mean. He had, he had lost all his receivers as well this year in particular. They were still 11-5 and five last year, the Giants were. And, and you know, I he would take all that away. 22nd rank panker, pass, passer in the league, whatever he was, he was better than the other two quarterbacks right. they have on their team. And they... By far. Uh, we both... I, I, okay, I said it. I'll, I don't want to rehash it, but that's what I said. You know what you're getting with Geno Smith. Don't give me right. this... Malarkey about oh we want to see him and then Davis Webb save him for preseason you know because I don't even think they played him and so it was just it was really dumb and now they're going back to Eli and I feel bad that Eli loses his streak I agree I feel it's, bad for him because he's real garbage been a, there he's been incredible I mean it's so hard to be durable in the game you know because it's just so going back rough. to the owner though it was funny because coming into the year he's like I'm not gonna fire him. And then, yeah, as he was losing all the games, he's like, well, I won't fire him during the season. And then when they had the, the announcement about, ah, I'm, I'm going to play Geno Smith, he was like, well, we'll see. I won't promise anything. Like, he had, like, there's no, he, he there's changed no guarantees his heart. in life. Yeah, he I changed his, his mind, words. like, four times. And then Geno Smith goes out there and poops the bed like we expected him to, and then uh, you're fired. <laughs> Yeah, I think there was a lot to it. That was the icing on the cake. He had, he had lost the team um, at that point. So, yeah. Well, we, we also saw another, it was just the GM, Sashi Brown, get fired from the Browns, right. ironically enough. But Hugh Jackson keeps his job. What do you think, good or bad move? Uh, bad. I, I One of the things I think that most football franchises that struggle with don't realize the benefit of longevity and continuity and that they, you, I mean, the Browns fired Bill Belichick and granted he might not have been the Bill Belichick he is now, but I think there is so, they, they move on from the leaders in their organization when so much is dependent on the position of one, uh, the role of one player on the team, the quarterback. Especially in the last 10 years, right? right? I, and, I, and I look at, yeah, I look at teams like, you know, you know, Mike McCarthy in Green Bay. Oh, he looks like such a great coach. He's had Aaron Rodgers. When he hasn't Aaron, had Aaron Rodgers, those few games that he hasn't had him, he is below average yeah. as a well, coach. Well, before Aaron, he had uh, Brett Favre for right. a few years. So Right, and, and when he's had to use someone other than those two guys, he is average, below average. So I think that we, we being the public, we being the 
team management that or the team management of teams that are, are not <clears throat> winning tended to to move too quickly on from their leaders. I think there's a lot of people who are good leaders and they and they struggle for a season because of, of that position. And even you get someone like Sean Payton with the New Orleans Saints, who the last three years has been seven and nine and has an incredible quarterback, and he himself has won a Super Bowl with some very creative play-calling, great offensive coach, struggled on the defensive end, and this year they're much better, much better defensively. And I think that you lose the benefit of coaches and longevity and continuity. There's benefits to that, and I think they lose it because they pulled the trigger too quickly. I would say that is the case with Cleveland all the way around. Yeah, interesting to note is this article I was reading said they have had nine, I think it was nine GMs since 1999. Right. None of them were the GM more than three years. It was like, I think the longest was, you know, like 2002 to 2004. Well, one of them, I think the one that was from 1999 to 2002 was uh, Dwight Clark, the Hall of Fame wide receiver from the San Francisco 49ers. You know, he was three years. And I was like, I, I was reading an article on, you know, the firing of uh, Sasha Brown. And I'm like, Dwight Clark, was this the wide receiver? Sure enough, it was the wide receiver. He had, was the GM for three years. And he left. He voluntarily resigned because Butch Davis, this coach, came in and wanted to have personnel management control, um, who also ended up getting fired himself. You know, <laughs> They've I'm gone clearly, through a lot of coaches, right. too. And I'm like... It just shows the pattern of poor leadership in my mind. I think, uh, you know, yeah, just as organizationally, it's it's poor leadership. I think I'm going to compare this, and we'll see how it plays out. Do you remember uh, Sam Hinkie? The, mm. his, I, think, I, I think that's his name. The GM for the Philadelphia 76ers when he was, kept <clears> saying, trust the process, purposely lost like a million games, so that he got like three first overall picks in a row, or very high picks. Yeah, so I couldn't have told you. His I think name. it's Sam Hinkie was his name. I think this is what Sashi Brown was doing because, and again, I think they just had a bad team, and you didn't really need to try and tank as the Browns because they just were so inept every which way. Mm-hmm. But he had created, he's created like going into next year, they'll have like a hundred million dollars in cap room. Yes, should have a first overall pick. I can't imagine. Somebody falling lower than maybe the Bears. Uh, just kidding. <laughs> so they should have a first overall pick again, hundred million. And granted, you know, just because you have all that cap room doesn't mean you're going to get the premier free agents, but it means you're going to be able to compete for basically every single player that goes on the market. And we've seen it happen in Jacksonville. They've recently turned their team around mm-hmm. with smart moves in terms of hiring a good coach and. I don't even think their quarterbacks are that good. Blake no. Bortles, but they've done really good building a defense, and you can do that with a hundred million dollars. Yep. So, I think he got fired. They've got a lot of young players, even in the last yeah. draft. They had a ton of. Miles Garrett really hasn't played that much. Been a little bit injured, and so we'll I, see. If- yeah, I think that they're. So, your point was that the the GM had. A strategy in mind. He was I think executing he had a strategy, strategy, and they and they didn't allow him to finish executing that strategy I, to I see think, if it reached I its think, fruits. I mean, it's their team to run how they want to do it, but I really feel like it's tough sell. I, I guess the money will always bring a new guy, but it's going to be a tough sell to the next GM. Like this guy, which they you, hired. You currently, a, we just picked <laughs> up twenty minutes ago. Yeah. They picked up John Dorsey as their. So it's like, how are you going to be the GM? 
you're basically going to have to scrap this process because you got to win now or lose your job. And that's just not how it works. Well, that's I mean, the way they all have to be in, in <laughs> Cleveland, unfortunately. Yeah. But we've well, seen the 76ers the is, turn around. In right. Re, in, in, uh, the thing with uh, Cleveland is if you're a GM, if you're Hugh Jackson, they said they're not firing Hugh Jackson, but Hugh Jackson is not John Dorsey's man. You know, he'll probably want to bring in his own coach. So, unfortunately, Hugh Jackson, I doubt he's back next year. I just yeah. doubt it. You want to make that prediction? I, I'll, I'll predict it right now. I don't think. And I will be, be excited on the podcast if we get it right. <laughs> I will come in super happy. <laughs> so my takeaway from this is if I'm ever a front office guy, I'm just going to, I don't know. There's no good way. If you blow up the roster, you get fired just as fast as if you try and do it the correct way. <laughs> well, and that's uh, you have to have you have to have owners and uh, really owners who are willing to stick with. Well, and that's they had said they were gonna coaches and general managers through the long call. You look at organizations that have that sort of stability. They said, remember Jimmy Haslam was like, "We're gonna stick with Hugh Jackson and Sashi Brown for at least three or four years or something." Yeah. W- they can't just say it. They've got to do it. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. So that's a uh, tough spot to come into then. Agreed. And I don't think they're going to do very well for a couple of years because of that, but I could be wrong. Yeah. Maybe the the new GM will come in and he'll get the fruits of the labor of the old guy and he'll build something great with it. And right. You see teams like, well, you see teams like the Rams turn it around. Uh, I think one of the factors that comes into play for new coaches that I've not seen anything done statistically to show this, but when you have a poor team and a poor season, one of the things that ends up is your schedule gets a lot easier. That's true. And so that first year you tend to have a little bit easier go of it because the, the, you're going to play your division teams. You're going to play the teams from the opposite conference in that division that you're scheduled. But those last, I think it's what, four games, or six games, last six games that you're going to be playing are against teams that are poor. They're, and so it makes it easier to win those games. Mm. That's true. Yeah, is it? How many is it? Four or six? Because you play six in your division. Well, uh, you think... Uh, and then four from another no, division. you play eight in your division, wouldn't you? There's no, no, because you, you can't play yourself twice. No, but say uh, NFC North, oh yeah, it would be six. Six, six yep. division games, four... AFC division games, and then what? The last that would six. be that'd be yeah. six more games are all yeah. on strength of schedule. Yeah, almost or strength uh, of little, record. A little more than uh, one third the schedule. Hmm. Yeah, I've never really, I guess, thought about that. You you had uh, were telling me about Ryan Shazier before we started. Yeah, I watched. Uh, we we were watching the game when he uh, made the tackle and and reached down to his lower back. Uh, they, and well, actually, I shouldn't say that. We picked up the game after it happened, watched the replays of the of the hit of his tackle and him being. I think we, we turned it on as he was being strapped to the board. So, and it was carted off, and obviously he was Man, hospitalized. That's scary. Yeah, he was hospitalized for a couple of days in Cincinnati, and they did some. They called it spinal stabilization surgery, and now he's in uh, Pittsburgh. And and it reminds certainly everyone who's playing the game of the. The risks involved uh, the before the Thursday night game tonight. Uh, Hermed, not Hermed, words. Uh, Tony Dungy and and uh, Rodney Harrison made it some. I, Rodney Harrison was the first one who made the comments, and I think it was 
spot on is te- reminding players how to tackle. Shoulder first, wrap them up. Um, having good tackling technique did they, helps did Ryan reduce Chazier, the risk of injury. Did he lead with his head or something? I is think that he, a- what I saw was he was he left the ground too. So, um, and I, I think he was leading with his head as well. So you have those combination of factors. Again, not that you're going to prevent it, but you want to be able to have good technique to reduce the fact, reduce injuries. But it, it's endemic to the game. Right. You, can't, you can't get it's rid of it. It's a brutal sport. It is. Well, quickly before we wrap up here, I went and did it. I, I, I can't remember which podcast I talked about it. I created a Twitter where oh, yes. I just take screenshots of ESPN's grammatical mistakes and I, I'm a little bit nitpicky, which I have one that I still need to tweet out. I'm already at four. Once I tweet out this one, I'll already be at four because <laughs> there was four occurrences, five mistakes. There were, well, there was one, yeah, just bad grammar. Another one where it was like the word was smushed together. One where they had the athlete's name misspelled. And now this will be a fourth one. This is over the course of three days. I think. Oh my goodness! <laughs> so I'm like, I'm glad I did it. I did it at a perfect time, but so I'm 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 going to use well, it better, as you a. you better call out the Twitter handle here on on the podcast so people can go I, find I can't it. Can't even it's like ESPN editor or something. ESPN or editor underscore ESPN. <laughs> I can't even remember. I just went with Twitter recommended something. They're like, oh, the one you want is taken, but do you want this one? I was like, oh, sure. Someone already had ESPN editor. <laughs> probably ESPN. <laughs> they probably have oh, an in-house true. editor who has it. Um, I'm just going to use this as a, as my resume slash application. I'm going to I'm going to go apply for a job, and they're going to be like, you know, what what's relevant? I'm just going to be like, well, I run this Twitter and been uh, fixing your guys' mistakes for you know x amount of years, whatever it happens to be. So I went ahead. I, I finally broke down and did it because I don't. I was bored at work. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm going to see if I can find it here uh, on Twitter. Let's see if I, I don't can. know if you will. It was, it's really new. I mean, like I said, it's only like a couple days old. So I was having some trouble with other people finding it. You said, does it have an underscore or not? It's editor underscore ESPN, all caps. And then that's like the at handle. The, the whole thing is all caps? No. Just ESPN. Oh, okay. And then, because that's the handle. I, or, I I don't really know. That's editor, the at thing. Editor ESPN? Editor underscore ESPN. Because then, like, there, there's that. That's, like, the at thing. But then the name is just ESPN editor. You know, like, how that you can name your account whatever you want. Oh, yeah, I pulled it up here. Yeah, you got yeah. it? So, so he's got, not only did the article misspell... Uh, Vazi Lomachenko, but the headlines <laughs> was wrong. The headline was wrong too. Ah, then there's yeah. yeah so there. I found you. Yeah, it's editor underscore ESPN. <laughs> I'm going to follow it. Hey, there's, there's no uh, icon or anything there <laughs> with that image, but I don't know. I'll have to make something. But yeah, so I guess that's. Uh, did you have anything else you wanted to add? Quiet. I mean, off season for baseball. Pretty boring stuff. Just. Some free agent pursuings of some Japanese Babe Ruth is what they're calling him. And then you got basketball is just kind of happening. Yeah, not anything else uh, that I've uh, 
picked up this week that I would find noteworthy, so we should probably be done. We had some extra days. We we recorded Tuesday last week. We had two extra days, and we couldn't couldn't find it. And now we, we we're okay. All right, you want to sign us off? Yeah, thanks for listening. This was Sullivan and Son. <laughs>